I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ladies and gentlemen, Good evening. Welcome to the live lounge, but I'm not going to introduce it. We're going to hand over to our master of ceremonies, Mr. Gary Anderson. Right. Okay. So that was live stream today. It's okay, but yeah, eh, could have done better, but ah, you get on with it. That's what it is. Uh, people playing Q skill. Ah. Numpties, a lot of them, absolute numpties. What a muppet! How do you win? Proper ticket. Just a great, great, great to watch. Great to watch the streams today. Great, great to watch the streams today. Your boys are online, that you did a good job. Hey, could do better. Great, great stuff. Keep, keep it going, Gary. Here, signing in. <laughs> Uh, it's, been, it's, been an hour. it's been an hour or so, guys. Um, welcome along, everyone in the chat room that is joining us again. Oh. I know most of you have spent oh. all afternoon with us, but we massively appreciate it. We had time for a, oh. a little drink. All I'm um, going to say on that. Food, all I'm say on right, all, all, all I'll say is really quickly, really quickly, all I'll say is, is that if Rachel or Steph are watching this, I'm going to be on the list now. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Gary. Um, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about it in a minute. We're just going to share links all over social media. So, of course, you know we are live. And when you, if you see those links, if you could retweet them as well, would be much appreciated. And if you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Today was an absolute huge success, but we'll come on to that in a minute. Gents, have you got your breath back yet? No. Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. 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 I haven't stopped. Go on. 
have not stopped. Today was absolutely mad. I've then tried to build a desk chair. Standard. Have you gone there, Gob? Oh, yeah. That's not a surprise. Yeah, we lost That's what happened. Through, yeah. yeah. Uh, just to say, but while, while Gob tries to get us, uh, while try, Gob tries to get back to us, Martin Thompson says, sorry I'm late. When nature calls, you know, yeah, I know. Uh, Cameron Menzies definitely knows that one today. <laughs> Oh, you've got a feel for him, haven't you? Yeah, 100% you do. Definitely. Uh, but, yeah, like I say, he's still unbeaten at Q School, which is always a bonus when that happens. So, yeah, people actually say to us, long time no see. It feels like we're having a bit of a, having a, bit of a break. It seems like we're sort of this like, sort of late night school now of, 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 of online. Massive shout out, by the way, to Winita. I don't know whether she's, I don't know whether she's gone to sleep or not, but over in Perth, but I think it's 5 a.m. in the morning over there. So fair play to you, by the way. Fair play, Winita. Top, top effort. Um, once everything's got, back to normal, we can post stuff it. around the world. We'll get, we'll get some goodies out to Australia. Damn right. But at the moment, it'll probably, ta- it'll probably take longer to get it out than it will the pandemic at the moment. <laughs> not a bad shout, actually. You've got back with us now. Can, can you hear us? I can hear you. You're back in the room, Bob. Oh, my. Yeah, there we go. go. Lovely. Well, I have no idea what's going on anymore. The audio should be coming out of here. It's coming out of there. Just, <laughs> but we can hear you. And um, that's always a bonus when that happens. That's, that's the important thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and like we say just a huge thank you for the success oh. of our opening Q School daily show absolutely bonkers um, and yeah gentlemen the bad thing is we've got to keep this up for 10 days yeah stupid yeah. idea is that um. <laughs> goodness me <laughs> I, I don't so, so uh, we'll, we'll let you into a little secret uh, behind the scenes views because obviously as, as we say this is 2021 we do talk about what we want to try and do and we thought okay not many people will probably be doing the stream so we thought okay let, let's have a go at it and see if people enjoy it and see if people like it we didn't expect the numbers of people that came down today and we didn't expect for you guys to actually take to it as much as you did so on behalf of all of us I guess it's a massive thank you um, just brilliant brilliant today and the comments that we were getting, like, you know, look, we appreciate it's going to be people that don't like us and we get that. That's fine. And uh, but the comments were very much overwhelmingly positive. So thank you so much. And we're, we're going to try. We're going to try and keep it up for the next nine days, particularly when it gets the final stage and we get the and the big prizes get handed out. Yeah, 100 percent. And. We'll do it, guys. Don't worry. We're, we're here for you. We've got your back. We don't know how we're going to do it yet, but we will keep this up for the whole or another nine days. Um, sorry, gents, but we've um, we, we, we've done it now. Um, <laughs> so, of course, we will touch on day one of Q School. We're going to talk about Kyle Anderson's news and his PDC career. Um, we're going to talk um, a bit about the Super Series, a week in darts, because there's a few things that have come up. And, of course, your questions. Uh, so before we go, anything in the chat room to kick us off this evening? Again, all the usual suspects in, guys. Massively appreciate it. Uh, 
Here we are. Evening, gents. Evening, everyone. Glad to see you in. Um, so, yeah, pleasure. Well, I suppose we better crack on with this thing called Q-School, this, this little thing that's that's dominating the world of darts at the moment, gents. I'm not sure if you've heard of it or not. I think I'll pass, We didn't. Mate, everybody else. Absolutely right. After one day. It's absolutely um, well, incredible. But you... no. <laughs> oh, cheers, Lou. For you, those that live under rock, thanks, Lewis, as well. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're watching. Thanks, mate. Um, Not even quick. I love that, how quick that was. Brilliant stuff. <laughs> um, the qualifiers from the UK Stage 1A and Europe Stage 1A, four from each head into Stage 2. And there they are on screen for you now, guys. Not many, or a few names on there. Not many of us would have picked at the start of play. I think it's fair to say Gaulas would have been on a lot of people's radars. But other than that, Vinstrom maybe. But other, apart from those, I don't think many would have called the other six. Hit the man on the head, mate. Not a chance. Not a chance has anybody called their mate today or... Chances are at any point so far, all right, they don't have their cards yet, but considering the new format, they've all had excellent days, all thoroughly deserve their places in stage two after their day. Like I said, the two big names there are Adam Gowlas and, and Richard Beenstra. Um, other than that, massively unexpected, but like we all say, that is the beauty of Q School. Somebody somewhere is going to come from absolutely nowhere with a story to tell and become a professional dart player. And and that's what that's why we love this sport. Yeah, I, yeah. I think the, I think the only I think the only one out of the other that the other that you mentioned, obviously Gavlas, obviously is a worldy fine. It's Beenstra has been at the uh, at the Slammers as Gavlas a few time, a couple of times as well as Beenstra. The only one that may may have been on people's radar is Eddie Lovely because he did some bits towards the end of last year. You know, in the summer series in the autumn in the winter series, he did. Bits and pieces, nothing really dramatic. But he made a last sixteen. He won a board once uh, on the first day of the summer series. So people, so it's not really a surprise for me to see lovely do bits there because he was pretty much on 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 it from the word go when darts resumed. And I think that lovely has been doing some very good stuff. But I thought lovely again today. He dropped ten legs all day, but he was just consistently good. And the way that he tore apart uh, David Gervin in the end really was just outrageous. Waiting to the last minute and averaging a throwing a 92. Excellent stuff. And as you say, and, and more importantly, there, PB, you look at the two Welsh boys. We only look at, you know, Gerwin Price seven years ago. We know the story, obviously, going up to Q School and winning his card on the second day and now becoming, you know, the world number one and world champion, Johnny Clayton, Nick Kenny, Welsh darts, you know, Dale Hughes. You call that game again today, God, between Hughes and McCarthy. That was outstanding stuff. Game of the day for me. Absolute superb battle. Uh, thought McCarthy had it wrapped up. Uh, Hughes started um, pretty strongly, got out in the lead. Uh, McCarthy fired up for 13, back to back 13 dark legs, I think. Or certainly four or five visits. Um, takes the ascendancy, looks like he's cruising. Five. Four up, five, three up. It's been so long, I can't remember the numbers. Um, but yeah, it, it was an absolute superb game. They finished with a 97 and a 98 average between them. It was it was 
proper professional standard darts. It was a superb game. And as well, there's a Welshman playing in the other part of Q School, which has not been mentioned, and I rate highly as Justin Smith. Literally, Welsh starts is really, really yeah. on a high at the moment. Well, two of my tips this week are Louis Williams and John Williams Jones, and they're both Welsh as well. Yeah. Um, as well, with I mean, our friends. The only one that really didn't. Pretty really data, we've got some averages as well. Yeah. We'll start with the European one. Only one ton-plus average across both Q schools today. And that was from a said five-times world champion. Somewhat surprised at that stat? No, I am. No, I'm not, think... actually. Because we haven't, they haven't really had much time to play darts, have they? And not many people, there's not really been like events where people will be able to play a lot of darts. Like, you know, you normally come off the challenge tour and the, and the death tour uh, uh, into the next year and you have chances to go and play elsewhere while you try and build up to Q school. But I haven't really had that opportunity. But yeah, look, there's no doubt in my mind that Barney, for me, looked probably arguably best performer of the day across all three. Maybe Gavlas actually is the most consistent, but lovely in, in, uh, in, in Milton Keynes. But Barney looked outstanding to me at times today. He looked like he was back to his old self. Now, I've always said that I don't think he will win his tour card. I don't think he will. I think he will get to the final stage. I thought he'd get there quite comfortably. But I don't think he will win his tour card. But it's not a bad way to go and make a name for yourself today when you get yourself two points on the board. And also in that position where you've got two points on the board, all you need now is a couple more, couple more performances, a couple more wins, jobs are good, and you're in. Pretty much. Yeah, gob for you. Yeah, completely agree. Um, um, uh, despite former comments, I very much think Barney is going to pick up his tour card. Um, I think he's put himself in a good position here. Um, another day or two um, in stage 1A, I don't think will hurt him too much. He, he's pretty close to the point. Already just needs one or two more wins, which I think you'll get given the not even the perceived the overall standard of the European Q school. Um, I, I just think he's got way too much, even if he, even if he plays a C game for some of these matches. Um, he'll sneak into the section two, and, and then I think his quality might tell. He's shown today with those performances there that he's still capable of performing at this level with his first competitive darts back in a while. Um, give him a couple of days to settle in and hey, we know what he can do on a dartboard when he wants to. Definitely. And then from there, we also have the averages, top averages from Milson Keynes, topped by The Rock. Uh, 98.02, <laughs> along with Josh McCarthy, both identical averages. And again, McCarthy especially, you know, we touched on earlier, played some good stuff across the day. Yeah, he was I mean, solid. Say, God, I you, before, you... Was it before the Hughes game or was it the round before? He, he'd won four games and he dropped six legs. Admittedly, first two opponents didn't really manage anything over a 70. But to then go and beat the players that he did as well, I think it was five games deep then because he lost two three and one legs or, or something like that. Um, he had a yeah, really good win over right, Matt Padgett, right, former card holder. 
yeah, five matches in, he's dropped six legs. Yeah. That's enough to lose one match in total. There, there were players that were sneaking through six fives all over it. He looked very, very comfortable in, in the way that he was going about it. He hit the right scores at the right moments, as, as Van Gogh will tell you, that's what the sport is all about. Um, and he put himself in a very, very good position to get into stage two, um, given the point system as an absolute minimum if he doesn't get there outright. Yeah, and also, just want to jump in there quickly. I just want to jump in quickly. And you look at the overall, we talked about averages there. We talked about the state of EU Q school versus the state of UK Q school. Now, appreciate there's an extra round at UK Q school because of the amount of players that are involved. But three dot average this year so far, 75.3 in European Q school against the UK Q school, which is 77.7. So, the maximum min averages are quite interesting as well because maximum average uh, was 100, I don't think it was, against 44 in the, in the uh, European. And UK was 97.4 against 52.7. So the averages are a little bit, a little bit better uh, over that way. But I think the big thing for me is that I, I don't know whether there's this massive gap as we may have, have, have thought about it before, but I think that you have to try and maybe caveat that by the fact that we've already had the extra, we've had that extra round of the UK event. But let's see what happens tomorrow because, as well, tomorrow, event people like, you know, look at James Bailey, Harpy Pua did some bits today. But you look at the likes of, as uh, people have mentioned already in the chat room, Fallon, uh, you know, Lewis Duncan's mentioned, you know, Wayne Warren, James Richardson, Fallon Sherrock, Win Stanley, Corin Hammond did not do perform great today. And they need to find some bits as well. Need to find something, otherwise Wednesday could be one hell of a day. Yeah, no, I think the average event. I'm just gonna. I, I was looking earlier, Bob, and I said something on the stream earlier about the comparison with development tour, and I was waiting for the day total average to come out. And actually, you look at the last five, six dev tours of last year; they all average around the seventy-five mark. Yet we've got Q schools doing exactly the same, but then. Suddenly, when these players go on to challenge tour, it jumps up to about 82, 83. So I think we are going to cut some of the people that are, are there just for the experience for the challenge tour. But actually, I, I expected a bit more. I expected, I, I fully get you're going to get people that are going to average 44 that are going to bring it down. And uh, All right, they've paid their money. Yes, anybody can enter and that sort of thing. But save your time, save your effort. This isn't uh, a thing for an experience. You want to you want to experience tournament play. Go and play in an open. That that's the concept of an open. Don't waste your time at you get TDCQ school because these guys are here to to make a living from this sport, not not for an experience. Um, and yes, they are going to drag it down. Overall, surprising it it was barely that much better than a development tour, unless that's something about the standard of you stars. And actually, the future is very bright. Right. Well, this is what I was going to say. Like, do people like the fact in the chat room? There's a question for everybody. The fact that we're breaking it down into stage one A and one B. Maybe have just the stage one and see people because I think, Barzi, you called for that for for years. To be fair, and I think hopefully this is something that the PDC will stick with. To be brutally honest, because I think it would work better. Hundred percent. Wait till you get to stage two. You're not going to have those what horrendous averages because all of those one two eight on both sides. A quality. There's none of this for a better word crap that are clogging it all up. Mm. I don't mind saying it. Um, 
you're there to play on a professional tour. You're not there to pay your money and hopefully play an ex-world champ or something like that. So, look, everyone knows my feelings on Q-Score in the past. I'm over the moon. They've done something about this. And stage two, I think we could see some unbelievable averages because it's going to be like a normal pro tour. Don't disagree. Don't disagree. They could be very, very good. Just a chat, a quick chat, by the way, to a couple of people. Uh, James Needle says, uh, first time he's normally listening on the podcast and he's not on YouTube. So just want to say hello. Thanks very much for joining us live this evening, James. Really do appreciate it. Load of other people, as always, in the chat room, as we always do. Uh, Lewis says again, saying, I prefer it all on the same day. I think it's more exciting if it's on the same day, which is not, you know, look, I, I get the argument for it. I get the argument why it's brilliant, because... That, that buys into the argument of the Dream Factory, does it not? Where, you know, people will, um, where you can potentially make your own way and all this sort of stuff. Um, Dave says, we'd love to be able to see some matches. Should be able to with all the webcams that we have could have done today. The only thing with that, Dave, is that we've all agreed that you can't do that for some matches and not others because it, then it, it gives a bit of an unfair advantage to, well, also it could put more pressure on the likes of Dean Winstanley uh, you Kevin Painters, who haven't really, who, who are the big names there. But again, this is probably for everything else. Again, a question for everybody before we move it on. Do we reckon that maybe for the final matches, like maybe the finals or semi-finals, we should put them on the boards? We should put them on the streaming? Again, I'm not, not sold on it. I, I think the event should be played under the same circumstances all the way. Um, I, I don't think players in this situation should have to consider whether they're playing on stream or not. Yes, I get once they're professionals, they will have to face streaming boards and, and and TV cameras if they ever make it to a televised event. But I think this is completely different and I don't think the additional pressure on those players is fair. Over a season, you'd expect streaming time and, and TV... Well, TV appearances are of your own nature if you're good enough and, and qualified, but streaming appearances will eventually balance out. They'll pick the right boards depending on the draw and that sort of thing. That will even itself out in the first round or second round. You won't see the same players on the stream all the time. They're pretty good at rotating it. So it's it's close enough to fair to, to just chuck people on there that are former card holders or, or interesting stories or, or that sort of thing. Just put the added level of pressure on the players and I, I just don't think it's fair and I don't think we'll ever see that at Q school. No, that's fair enough. Also, just did, going into the chat room, someone said about the ladies. I've got to say, I thought Corinne and Lorraine played some really good stuff today in spells. Maybe mm-hmm. didn't get the results, but early on played some really, really good stuff. Yeah, yeah I agree. Good. Lorraine and Corinne played really brightly. Go yeah, on, you can tell her practicing no, with Simon Whitlock. I don't, I don't disagree, but uh, just a reminder to everybody, in case you're not fully aware, 11 o'clock tomorrow morning, GMT, so 12 o'clock uh, in Europe, we'll be with you on the live, on the live blog, Phil Bars will be with you uh, covering the first doubts of uh, European Key School. 2 o'clock in the afternoon, GMT, 3pm Central European time, uh, we'll be with you for the live stream. It'll be, it'll be PB, it'll be Luke Pickering and myself, although I don't know how much I'm going to be able to do because we've also got to do the live blog, uh, but we will definitely try our best to keep up to date with all the results <laughs> as possible um, in the uh, as we get going. But yeah, join us tomorrow, 11 o'clock in the morning, we get going on the live blog.
Yeah. No. Again, this came out last week, but it was like, I think it came out just as the live lands were starting, so we didn't really get a chance to touch on it, was the Super Series. We've got three blocks of Pro Tours coming up, one in Bolton, one in Milton Keynes, and one in Germany. Is it the same place as it is now? I didn't want to say it. I, I think it is. I know pretty, it's sure it is. pretty sure it is. has. Yeah, pretty sure. Um, it's yeah. Um, over the moon, we're going back to Bolton. I like the fact that they're using some some different venues and some ones we've we've been to in in the past and things like that. So big up the the switch to the Reebok or whatever it's called now. Is it the Macron still or has it changed again? University of Bolton Stadium, but it's always the Reebok. Yeah, it'll always be. It'll always be the Reebok. It'll always be the Reebok. Same as Huddersfield. It'll always be. It'll always be the McAlpine and things like that. Middlesbrough will always nah, be the Riverside. Yeah. This is fine. John's We're going to be the for me. Yeah, all these stadiums that change their names. Well, Rubbish. Well, it, well, it's like well, it's like uh, the one in Birmingham. You know the one where we go to in Birmingham every year. They call it. It's, uh, I think it's now another Utilita Arena. It's not that. It's the NIA. It's National Indoor Arena. It's the NIA. <laughs> it's good. Come out the canal, walk along it, then you'll go to pubs and bars. It's the best place, mate. You, you'll be coming out on a night out in Birmingham, and hopefully, if we go there for, uh, for for the Premier League, can't wait. Anyone, anyone think I've been been out of there before? Down the canal, Witherspoon's there, just across the road. <laughs> Not even that. There's a lovely, but there's a lovely pub on the as you literally as you walk straight out, or you go to Brindley Place. So, anybody in Birmingham, yeah. hit me up for uh, for a night out once we go after the Premier League. I'll be more than happy. <laughs> um. So yeah, look. My only concern is right now. Do you guys genuinely see the one in Germany happening with all? The issues yes. around what, the, but the fact that Liverpool couldn't yes. get in to play the Champions League. But it's February. It's not April. Yeah, but Liverpool playing the Champions you'll League see a week, lot. Mate. Yeah, yeah. I think is it enough time for it to calm down? I think it will be. I think it will be. Worst case, I'll stick it in England. Worst case, they will have hmm. a contingency plan if they cannot get everybody into Germany. This is the PDC. They've had a contingency plan at every single opportunity. This is for the players and management to preliminary book things and get things scheduled in and, and try and earn something. But they'll tell them all to book on flexible deals so they can be cancelled last minute if any travel restrictions do come up and they will find somewhere else or something else to do. Like Matt and Barry have been absolutely spot on. Well, the entire PDC have been absolutely spot on. I, I know we often refer to it just as Matt and Barry, but they've done a great job so far for last year. And, I trust them with this as well. If it is too early, they'll pull the plug on it. If it's not, they'll make it happen in the safest way possible. But yeah, I'm, I'm pleased the blocks are here though. Um, look, they needed to get one done before the UK Open because we have to have some sort of seeding. Although they're not seeded protected, it's where they come in at different stages. So that, that was well, always going to happen. And you can't have players coming into the first proper TV major of the year, cold. They have to have had some competitive darts. Agree. I think the only thing is, is that obviously they normally have a chance for someone to try and make their way up the rankings of the PDC. If you have it, you know, you normally have about seven or eight blocks before the UK Open cutoff. 
I think the only problem with this is that you're only going to get four chances. So those players that qualify, you know, straight off the bat, uh, get their tour cards, will automatically coming in the in the 97 to 128. So they're definitely coming in the first round anyway, as it is. But so I don't think there's going to be that much change there. I don't realistically see much changing in the 33 to the 64 as it is. I think you're right though, PB. It's more for the match practice. They need this match practice because players in the top 24 have definitely played and other players may have also played across the times in, you know, in, in other tournaments, but they'll definitely need this block of games in order to come in to arguably, in my opinion, as I've always stated, the toughest leg play tournament to win. And we've seen a little tweet from ITV, by the way, from ITV's brilliant host of darts, Jackie Oatley, that hopefully should be coming on the live lounge with us at the time. What we're hearing is, and Dave actually, in fact, Dave and the PD media members, we've got one room happening again. It's Wally One Room. I'm interested and intrigued about this. As as we put in our group chat, I'm intrigued how they're going to do this. Because of the amount of practice boards needed for the UK Open, and we've been to Milton Keynes, unless they're hiding something that we don't know about, I struggle to see where these practice boards are going to go. Well, they might put them in another part. I don't know. Well, they might put them in another part of the, of the building. But what I, I'm looking forward to more than anything is to see where these rooms are going to be because it's because it's going to be like the Reebok again, isn't it? Like back in the back in the days of when Sky covered it in the Reebok in the one room. No, no PD, no blasting Chelsea dagger or anything like that. All going to be happening in one room. That is my idea of heaven. Yeah, no, look, I, all in one room. I really like it because the buzz and the anticipation at Bolton was was nothing else. If you were playing on stage two to the side, you knew if something big had happened on board seven because of the roar and the buzz. It was there was just something going on where like we always said, Butlins is great, but it's too spread out. Trying to get from board to board quickly <laughs> is impossible. <laughs> um, Poor Cameron Benzies, man. <laughs> oh bless him I'm looking forward to the to the to the pro tour being back as well um we may have started something and and all that but we'll we'll touch on that later now for I'm gonna say I think it is quite sad news that broke this week the PDC lost, well, not lost is the wrong word, but Kyle Anderson handed back in his PDC tour card after uh, seven years. He's going to stay in Australia, been back over there almost a year since the pandemic started. Just just a damn nice guy is the thing. I know, Gob, you're, you're close to him as, I, as I, I've been through the years. I, well, he was one of the first people I ever sat down and interviewed properly and a decision that wouldn't have been taken lightly. No, definitely not. Um, I haven't actually spoken to him since he handed it in, but when we when it was brought up last week, I knew it was um, something that was being considered. Um, we'd, we'd had discussions seriously about getting him over for the UK and waiting until the PDC announced. 
what we thought was going to be blocks of, of Pro Tours. Um, and as that, we waited for, for that announcement, the, the lack of loosening of, of, of some restrictions in comparison to Australia, um, this, the threat of, of coronavirus in the UK with, with the added strands at the minute, it, it just decided it wasn't worth the health risk to Kyle. We documented that he's had health issues as a dart player over the last couple of years. Um, he has a family with, with another child on the way. Um, his intentions for the year was already to try and play six months in the UK, six months back home on and off. But I think the travelling and having to constantly keep leaving his family, which was always the difficult thing for him, it, it was those goodbyes and once you settle into an area, it got a little bit easier either way. But every time you had to leave them at an airport or, or whatever, that was the bit that, that really got to him, as it would anybody. If that doesn't get to you, you're not human if you're having to leave your family behind that often. Um, but yeah, an exceptional talent that perhaps should and could have done more in the small amount of time that we got to see him as a PVC pro. Um, fantastic scorer nine darts for fun. I've, I've seen him firsthand in practice. The first time I went to an exhibition with him, he fired one in for fun. Um, great entertainer. And actually, just a fantastic bloke. I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to, to call him a friend and I can have these conversations with him. I lived with him for two years. Um, we shared a house. Um, but he will literally give any man and his dog the time of day. The amount of wishes you saw on Twitter saying how good they were and in comments on, on social media, on Facebook as well, just saying what a last great bloke, met him here, met him here, had a five minute conversation with him here. Um, he did this for one of my kids. Like, honestly, a man that will just do absolutely anything for you if you need it from him. Um, it is a massive loss. 100%. I'm sure I look back on some of his career moments because whether what don't care what network it's on he won a pdc television title you can mm -hmm. say it's a world series or whatever you want but the best players in the world or certainly the top eight best players in the world are still in that world series and he won it yeah if i remember rightly Maybe. did he beat gary anderson and phil taylor on route he beat james wade gary anderson and corey cadby I knew, I knew it was Gary. I couldn't remember who it was, yeah. but yeah. he still won a he TV title. a couple of times when he shouldn't have. Yeah. And 2017, for me, was Kyle's best ever year in terms of what he was doing. He won in Auckland. And I still think he was one visit away from Premier League darts. And that yes, was in the European Championships it, when he lost 11-10 to Michael Van Gerwen. Because was it two weeks yeah. beforehand he beat Michael on the Euro Tour? Was it three bullseye finishes or four bullseye finishes in a row? Something three. just in, in, three in, insane. Finishes. Yeah, when it's um, like 1-2-1, one, 1-2-4 two, one, two, one, two, two, and 81. And 86. It was, an, it was a 1-2-1 one, one, and 86 or something or 78. He shouldn't have been on ball, but it the wrong big number that meant oh, the ball was the only option and then another time plus. Um, he won a pro tour that year as well, beating Kevin Painter. That year he was absolutely superb. Like I said, 
that nine dart against MVG European Championships, he was genuinely one or two darts away from potentially being in the Premier League. Um, cut off a little bit in his prime of his visa issues, then he had health issues with his eyesight, seemed to throw a bit and, and still remain competitive. Um, he's just been the most unlucky touch professional you've ever seen in terms of things going wrong for him at the wrong time and he still got up on there, got up on stage, threw his darts and was nice to anybody and everybody that he saw in those moments as well. Yeah, look, 100%. And I just, just look back at, like you say, some of the things that he could do on a dartboard was ridiculous. The nine dart when he first came over, when he was relatively unknown, that just rocks up and it's a nine dart on the afternoon at Ali Pali. Um, like you say, a gen, general good guy would speak to anyone. There's certain players that, uh, when they take their shirt off, won't post for a photo or... Some can be quite rude. I don't mind. I'm not going to give names. I'm not going to call them like that. But we've seen it. Some can be quite blunt and quite rude where we've seen him. He just lost at Butlins and he put his normal jacket on and there was a queue and he didn't turn anyone away. Just genuinely a damn good guy. Um, Joe, this is for you. God, come off the back of this. Can he come back? And do you think we'll ever see Kyle back playing top level professional darts. So before I just do that, PB, if you, if you don't mind indulging me and, and the viewers as well and listeners, just indulge me a story a little bit. This is the first time I'd ever met a man who I, who I now call my friend, Mr. Jack Garwood. Um, I was doing a varsity exhibition and Mr. Um, and Kyle was the darts pro because obviously he lived with Gob and, uh, and all that, and I'd known of him. I obviously I'd, I'd watched a fair bit of darts. I'd known of him, and I just said, "Oh, just to say you, you you're an incredible, really good player." And we had a chat for about 10, 15 minutes. I'd never met Gob at this point. I know, you know, I'd never met him and never spoke to him. And then I just met Kyle and got chatting with Gob off the back of it, and that's how we became really firm mates off the back of it. And and Kyle, you know, I've I've spent a, a number of t- days with Kyle. Um, outside of outside of what we do in terms of work and George and, and enjoyed his company so much. He's one of the and I cannot stress this now. He is one of the funniest people off the hockey I've ever met in my entire life. He's so so brilliant and and like I say, we are going to miss him around the PDC. But hopefully, like you say, he isn't dead. That's definitely a that's definitely a thing. I think that. He, he definitely can. I, look, he, he will need to play a fair bit. I think we'll see a lot of him in the DPA, if you want me to be honest. I think we might see a fair bit of him in the DPA. And if he can turn around some stuff in the DPA, then who knows? Maybe he will come back over for Q School. Maybe he will come back onto the tour and play some stuff. I, 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 do you know, Gob, you know him better than I do, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him playing stuff in the DPA, playing stuff potentially in the Masters Series, and then if he gets a World Championship call up off the back of it or wins the DPA to get himself a spot in the World Championships, to take that, I, I reckon. I mean, he, he could easily come back and, and rejoin the tour. He, he's definitely got the quality to do so. But whether he wants to with a young family and another child on the way is it, it's up to him. But he certainly has talent. And I'd love to see him back in events, playing in the World Series, playing in the DPA and rocking up at Ali Pali, you know, and uh, playing at the World Championships. 
Yeah, I think that's his goal for, for the short term, at least, is, is to play the DPA circuit, try and build back up to the level of, of ability and confidence that he had when he first made the move over. Whether or not he will return as a tour card holder, um, I don't think he's he's looked that far ahead, especially with the family commitments he's got. When he, when he first came over, um, he actually said he was, he was only over here for five years. That was his intention. It was to come over earn some money to buy his house out right back home and uh, build what he wanted. And, and that was him done. So we've already actually eat two extra years out of him. Um, but yeah, the DPA, and we'll, we'll keep an eye on him when he's playing in that down under. But I think that'll be his route back. It'll be, can he qualify for the World Championships through that, either through the Oceanic Masters or through the DPA ranking? And when he does, if and when he does, and he makes the World Championships, does that give him that buzz again that means actually he's ready to give it a second crack and, and really have a go at it this time? I don't mean this horribly against all the DPA members, and I'm not trying to sound out of turn here, but if Kyle turns up to their tournaments of the form from 2017, no one beats him. No, I'm not no, I not. It, it is the thing, because there's some, there's some fabulous talent in Australia, and the way they're developing the game is great, but if Kyle Anderson in 2017 rocks up to the O'Shank Masters, he wins it. I think that's the thing as well. Like, he hadn't won anything major in such a long time. He was still picking up the odd local league. But even then, I think he'd got so comfortable in, in some of the things we were playing in together that the intensity was lost a little bit and actually he was he was so laid back in it and was starting to fall out of love with a couple of the venues just because he didn't like the throws because they weren't what he was used to and that sort of thing that I think he forgot how to, to be that intense and to to want to win that much and I think if he starts getting back into that habit in on the DPA then we might see him come back again a little bit stronger. No, definitely just going to dive into the chat room here a little bit. Going to miss a lot of love for Kyle in the chat room this evening, 100%. Rate says, sounds like everyone needs a friend like Kyle. 100%. Summed right. it up in a nutshell there. If everyone had a friend well, like apart, Mr. Apart Anderson. from his takeaway habits, because I put on four stone and it's all for Kyle. and when you're deliberately not putting any food in the oven till at least 10 o'clock at night in the hope that Kyle just shouts oi or what if you're hungry is 20 quid go around the corner and get what we all want like it's completely different lifestyle <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah uh, uh, in the chat room Jonathan says was Aaron Monk playing at key score today yes picked up two points lost to Chaz in the last 16 I want to say yeah last 32 I think so last 32 uh, last, uh, last, last um, yeah p- picked up two points on his ranking right now we're going to go for a bit of a a bit of a week in darts there was some um, interesting bits and bobs come up and in the chat room. If there's anything that you saw this week that you want to discuss, please put it in there. First one, I haven't read this fully, Gob. I don't know if you have, but the Masters qualifying criteria for the WDF and inviting back, was it past winners? Yes. 
Um, so I haven't, I haven't read it fully either, but I, I did see this. I did see a couple of them tweeting. I think John Lowe was tweeting. Um, Keith Stella was tweeting. I know one of them tagged Phil Taylor and said, come on, let's have a go. And he said, actually, no, competing isn't for me. Um, and there's a couple of people chatting about why they've done it. I think it makes perfect sense. There's no real ranking system established as yet because of COVID. There hasn't been enough events for people to pick up points. Um, and actually, as a relaunch for an event that hasn't been played for 18 months because of the demise of the BDO, um, if all of them players start coming back that are on that trophy to play in that event, even in the preliminary round, we're going to pay attention. Everybody in the chat is going to pay attention. Everybody on social media is going to pay attention because one of the most hotly talked about subjects in darts for possible other events is a Masters series, is a Legends series. Can we see all the old boys play? We'd love to see Taylor play. We'd love to see um, Priestley still play. John Lowe and the like, Keith Stella, the guys that do the exhibition series, tour and series and that sort of thing still. So it is the perfect way to draw up attention for a new event by bringing in the absolute biggest names you can find. Agreed, but if they do it once, then Jar, they surely they've got to do it every year. And then once the WDF is up and running, like we say at the World Championships, the PDC one, giving out places for top of the Azerbaijan league when there's only one player they want to get in, is that right? Because you can't just do it for the first one, can you? No, I don't think you can. I mean, look. <sighs> I, I I don't really know where I stand on this issue, if you want me to be brutally honest. I'm trying to work out how best to to do it. Um, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I, I haven't read it in depth, so can. I don't know if it's there to stay or anything like that. So, yeah, we, we probably yeah. should have, have read the brief, and I know it's not fully out yet because I think it was him or Wim, one of the two on Twitter, um, tweeted a list of all former champions and, and said all these guys will be playing. Um, and little Richard replied and said, Blimey, you've been busy already. We'll confirm even more in due course. So it's not specifically laid out. This doesn't mean they're going to get a buy straight into the televised stages of an event if there's a television deal in place. It, it might just be they get to enter a qualifier and, and that sort of thing and, and drum up some interest that way. So their names or they're going to be eligible to participate in some stage of the tournament we just don't know what yet yes it's a weird one though with the whole amateur thing at the moment because it's looking like it could be another right well i don't see much travel until at least the summer now is six months enough to get qualifying stuff in and everything like that i'm not sure it is so do we think um, we're looking have you not been paying maybe... attention phil no. The Torremolinos Open will not require any <laughs> COVID secure <laughs> bubbling or testing. <laughs> the Torremolinos, does the winner of the Torremolinos Open uh, get a, a spot in the World Masters? Torremolinos, if you win that, then you're probably technically world champ. The Torremolinos world champion. <laughs> well, isn't there only two entries at the moment? Desmond Paula. Yeah. 
Like, you know what? We shouldn't yeah. laugh about this because it's the bloody BDO. Like, we shouldn't laugh about this. It's the biggest, it's the, it's the oldest organisation of its bloody kind. Like, we shouldn't be laughing about it. But no, look, fair play to WDF. We haven't got a bloody clue what 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 what's going to happen with amateur darts. You know, Mad and WDF have done really good stuff at the moment. But let's see what happens in that one. Um, it's going to be interesting. There's no doubt about that. Um, let's hope that something comes along because obviously they've got the the man event. They, that virtual open happened at the weekend, didn't it, Phil? Yeah, it did. Yeah, and obviously they've got some stuff in the pipeline, but they need Q school out the way first before yeah. they can do some more. The same as everything, literally. Even though it's amateur darts and the professional game, Q school revolves around everything because if you get your tour card, you're taken out of one bracket, put into another. And if you haven't got a tour card, vice versa, you take it out of that one, yet you can do that one. So it's a real mm. mix and match. This was why it was so important for Q School to happen. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I think it's great. I think you've got to freeze up everything. You've got to get this done. You've got to get this done. And I'm glad that it's happened. I'm glad that it's happening. Uh, but kudos to the WDF. Let's see where we go. But I'm not sure whether inviting past champions is the way to go. Just not my not my sort of thing. I just want to touch on a comment in the in the in the chat room while we talk about it. Uh, Jonathan Madden would love to see Mardle versus Mason. Well, you won't see them at any of these events because it's past winners, mate. Straight. How shot that one there? I can't wait for Chris Mason to be watching now. However, a special a special match between the pair would be amazing. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. But it wouldn't be under the banner of WDF Master of Former Winners because no, it would probably be under UFC. (laughs) (laughs) You have to do a joint pay per view with Sky and ITV. Yeah, Dana White would be involved. (laughs) John Rawling <laughs> with John Rawling right, let's, let's move this on <laughs> yeah, yeah um, on. Let's, let's, start, let, let's dive back into the chat room quickly while I think Rach says imagine living with car I love takeaways yeah but the only problem is you'll end up like yeah. yeah he's always said that we're, we're, um, yeah <laughs> are we going to move it on to question time are we, are, are, is, it, is it question time now are we going to go into question time yeah, no, I don't think. Uh, can you think of anything else this week that's massively ca- come up from the darting world? Apart from Q School, no, not really. No, no, Unless anybody all, else has all got something that they think of. Mind you, speaking of Q, that was a bit interesting. There was some interesting bits on Twitter this morning, which we won't go into about testing and whatever. But that was it. Was an interesting read. Well, it we was, was there. Yes, very much so. Um, I wonder um, how that one ended. Yeah. Um, we've got one here. Uh, when do you think challenge tours and development tours will come out? I think that the PDC have got a plan all written up, but they're not going to publish yeah. anything until after Q School, until they know what's occurring and what's not. I think you might see something maybe in the summer. You might have a block of events maybe in the summer when things are a little bit easier in terms of COVID rules and, re- and relaxations. You may get a block of events 
maybe a Friday to Monday, Friday to Monday, Friday to Monday to try to get some to get try and get some events in potentially. Yeah, um, Gob, same thing. You thinking the same? Yeah. Without, I get that the feeder tours, and I get there are people that want to play in it, and obviously part of the deal of Q School is that. If you don't get it, you do get to play on the Challenge Tour. But at the minute, they, they have to get a professional game at the very top level restarted and start getting those games going on. Um, as, as long as they commit to a minimum number of events throughout the year off the Challenge and Development Tour, then they'll get it in. And they might even consider just keeping those back later in the year if they can. So they will happen this year. They absolutely have to happen. That's, that's the way the PDC structure works. But at the minute, I think there's a lot more focus on the uh, Pro Tour and, uh, and the events surrounding that, so they're not going to be forgotten. Forgotten. I know it's. Um, I know it can be frustrating waiting for that information, especially if you're you're looking to play any of those. Um, but yeah, I just it will it will come. I know it's hard, but be patient. Yeah, um, just a couple of ones as well. It was great to see proper darts. Was it in? Obviously, we know the DPA tour happened in Australia, and I think it was Iceland. That I see over the weekend that we had people back playing face to face on a on a floor tournament. It was just great to see. Yeah, lovely to see. Can't wait for it to come back. And yet we've got the Six Nations uh, behind closed doors again. <laughs> yeah, and obviously I know you, you, you two are more fans of um. NFL than than, than I am. But how many were glorified egg chasing? They wear helmets. Um, <laughs> how many were in the? How many were at Super Bowl last night? Was it twenty six, twenty seven thousand? I thought it was twenty two thousand actually there with twenty five thousand cardboard cutouts side between them. Yeah, that's you got a spot on, mate. Spot on. But again, it's just just proves that we're seeing fans all around the world. Like I'm a huge cricket fan, it's just seeing fans in stadiums in Australia and things like that. It's just like breaks my heart. It's great for you guys, Dan. Don't get me wrong. The next test so, in India has got fans in, and that's going to be ab. The next, the second test in India. Once we finish tomorrow, the next test has got fans in. They've got that confirmed. Um, yeah, we're we're literally last. Yeah, it's just makes. Like, I'm not saying by the top of all the people jump on. I'm not saying COVID's not bad or anything like that. But if the rest of the world are having fans in outside spaces and outside arenas, yeah, look, they all can't be wrong. Is what I'm saying. Totally agree. Uh, no, I get the punt. Gagging for a point. <laughs> to, to be fair, that doesn't work. So I, I've had a drink last time. I've had one drink in nearly a year, so that doesn't really worry me. I just want to go and see some questions. live sport. But more importantly, I want Wait. to kick someone on a football pitch. <laughs> that because they're too quick for you, Got there as quick as I could, ref. It's my stock line. <laughs> Got a quick question here. Right to put it here. It says, uh, comments on Dozer leaving Twitter. Was it the right decision? It's had to see so many pros leaving Twitter to management, but understand it. Um, 
look, it, it's a bit of a it's a it's a minefield. Um, I've always said that Twitter's not the best place for having discourse. If I didn't have to have it for work purposes, I certainly wouldn't have it. Um, I don't really like the way that Twitter is at the moment. I think it's even it's getting if possibly even worse than it already is. Um, and so, yeah, totally understand why it does is leaving social. Um, the amount of trolls, the amount of people. The, the, the thing that bugs me, and I've said this many times before, is about people who who moan at people for gam, you know, who moan at players or give abuse to players, uh, for losing them bets. Like if you if you can't if you really have that serious a problem, then go to gambleaware.org. Like you know, if you can only bet, if you want to have a bet, bet what you can afford to lose. It's as simple as plain as that. If you're losing fifty p on a bet because and, and something messes up, then it's not the darts player's fault, you know. Just it's one of those where, right? I think does as while it's a while it's a to be honest with you a shit thing. I think that it's a very good thing for does it if it helps him mentally and gets him back to where he was in 2019 when he won, you know, when he made three semi-finals on on, on TV, you know, and then eventually won the Premier League. I just say to people in general that what you post on social media is. Would you say it to that person in the street? Well, if the answer is no, no, then don't write it. Is the thing. If you would, all right, fair enough, I'm guessing. But there needs some accountability. And I've, I've seen it a few people. I know Chris, speaking of Chris, Chris Mason was a huge fan of this. To sign up to any social media account, like almost like a gambling account, you should have to verify your ID with a passport number or a driving license number, you shouldn't just be able to have an egg as a profile picture and hide behind it. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think when social media was new and that was sort of, uh, it was it was booming and that sort of thing, then it wasn't the worst idea. But as it evolved and just effectively become a, a place for people to, hide behind profiles to dish out abuse, then at that point it, it needs to catch up with the times and then start protecting people that use it. 100%. Like, like, don't get me wrong, I've got the thickest skin in the world. I genuinely couldn't care. And our WhatsApp group is hilarious that Jar will pull up, gone fishing have we? I'm like, who, me? But I actually enjoy <laughs> winding up trolls. I'm not going to lie, I do. <laughs> but I just don't get how some people's mentality works that they can get that angry if they're sat at their phone or sat at their desktop just screaming at it and writing what they do I just find it hilarious it is bad it, 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 it's, it is horrendous at times but look if that's the thrill that you get off then you know it says more of a person of you than anybody else I think personally um, well, it says who does everything who does everyone think the most bonkers and funny players uh, off the off and on the board are? I'll come back to that because it's a good question, but I'll come back to that. There's a question here more on the darts itself. Jonathan actually says, lads, am I mad to think that King Barry could win a pro tour this year? Maybe my Irish heart is ruining my head, but he can ha- really have uh, spells and hit them 100 plus averages. No, you're not mad to think it. He can here easily win a pro tour. I'll sit back and he's, watch the love from these two. Keane Barry is arguably Irish darts' biggest talent in a generation. 
He's so good. No pressure, lad. 100%. I'm, I'm with you. I, I, think he can win a pro, I think he can win a pro tour easily. Um, I'd go one better. If he qualifies for one, he can win a Euro tour. He's that good. Mm. I don't disagree. He's, um, got, he's got the game. There's no doubt about that. No doubt about 100%. He's um, quality. The, the lad's mustard. I mean, he, the thing is, he's only 18, so he's only going to get better. That's the worrying yeah. thing, I think, for people in the PDC. He's only 18 years of age. Yeah, very, very special talent. Um, before we go on with the next question, good evening to our friends over in North America. Not sure if it's Peter on this evening or not, but our friends from the CDC are saying hello in the chat room. Pleasure, guys, as always. I know. Your guys are in action Can't later on this week. Looking forward to seeing. Looking forward to seeing them. Damn right! Can't wait to see. Can't wait to see Matt Campbell in, in action. Danny Larby, Danny Magus as well. Really looking forward to that. Uh, back to that question from Darts One Eighty says, "Who does everyone think is the most bonkers and funny player on and off the board? Off the board? That's an interesting one. There's, there's a lot of the darts players that unfortunately don't get to show their character, their true character to the public. I don't think PB. You probably have a bit more." Of that, but on the board, for me, it's for me, it's it's a Lagan. I absolutely adore watching him, just because a he stands in front of the camera <laughs> or the whole time, and b the action is just incredible. So I'll go with the Lagan, Lawrence Lagan for the Philippines. But off the board, there's a there's, I think generally there's about five or six that I could make, and I, I and I actually put Van Gerwen up there. If you get a chance to speak to Van Gerwen off the board, and he gets an opportunity, and he actually not necessarily opens up to you, but trusts you a little bit. Buzz, you could probably tell me more than me, but he is just one of the fun folks off the board. Oh, h- hilarious. Um, we'll come on to the Van Gerwen story from Milton Keynes, which is hilarious. Um, but put it this way, I ended up with my shorts around my ankles. He's, he's one of them absolutely <laughs> h- hilarious. Um, on the board, we, we don't see him enough because he hasn't got a tour car, but we've seen him occasionally. It's Cameron Menzies. I could watch him all day long. Yeah, it's funny. Because you get every every emotion going from him. Um, absolute box of frogs. So Cameron Menzies is off the board. Again, you don't potentially see it on the board, but off the board, Daryl Gurney is an absolute laugh as well. Very funny. Got a lot of time for Daryl. Um, yeah, off the board, re- really, really funny. Um Again, off the board, Michael Smith is a complete laugh as well. <laughs> uh, actually, do you know, weird enough, everyone might everyone might think I'm just being gezzy, you know, might be just be, be trying to kiss up a little bit. But this bloke, another, an excuse to uh, pull the uh, pull that out. There we go. <sighs> Lovely. Yeah, but he's actually very, very funny. Gezzy off the Gezzy yeah, off the offbeat is. is just hilarious. Great it's sense. So of so funny. Very, top, very top sense of humour. To be fair, most mm, of them have got a great sense of humour, to be fair. On, on the board, but what people don't realise it, it's their job. Although they're there mm. to entertain us and they're very good at what they do, primarily, if they don't win games, they don't get money. So, like people like Daryl Gurney that are quite serious on the hockey, it's because it's his job. Away from the hockey, he's an absolute hoot. Um, but yeah, going back to the original question, there's, there's loads of them to be fair. 
Um, just keep diving back into the chat room, guys. Scott Waits, by the way. Scott Waits is a great laugh. Scott Baker's quite funny as well, Scott Baker, yeah. Smudger. Nice. Um, Smudger. Joe Cullen. Joe Cullen is... Um, a lot more laid back than I've ever given him credit for before I before I met him last year. He, he's another one with, with a sneaky good sense of humour. And I tell you what, Mentor Sulevich has got a very good, very dry sense of humour as well. Yeah, and and, and also, men, don't let him kid you. Mentor Sulevich's English isn't as bad as what he makes on. No, definitely not. But I think sometimes that makes what he's saying even funnier. Because he deliberately dumbed it down yeah. a little bit. And I think that's quite amusing for a mentor. Oh, 100%. I remember this This was going back a while because it was before I was involved in, obviously, the media side of it. Um, Mac Elkin, it was at the World Championships and mentor was flying in, but it was on a day where he had three or four people playing. So he said to me, mate, can you pick mentor up from the airport and bring him to the hotel? Yeah, of course, not a problem at all. From the... Probably it's about an hour from the airport to the hotel. The best laugh, best conversation ever. And his English was really good. And then we get, yeah, buddy, when he wants to, it's great. <laughs> I met him in Blackpool last year. Um, and I wasn't actually there for this day, but I heard about it. We went to the casino after a game. Um, Mac was bullying the state of my shirt. It didn't quite fit properly as per. Um, but they were out a couple of nights before. Um had a bit of money on, on a couple of machines. Didn't go very well for Mentor. Lost a bit more on a couple of fruities. Um, I, I think it was pretty soon after Mac had actually picked him up as a player. Um, and he, he's driving them all back because he used to have the big uh, VW busting. Um, and they stop off and get a couple of snacks for their hotel room. He's got a couple of bags of crisps and a bottle of Coke and that sort of thing. And Mac's like, Mentor, did you have a good night? And he just sits there, beams it and puts his thumbs up and goes, this cost me £200. <laughs> Diving back into the chat room, Andrew says, on the subject of Dazza, Jamie Tarrant was quite impressive today um, for his Q-School debut. Yeah, look, he was. First game, you could see he was a bit nervous, 3-0 down in a world of trouble, but then settled and, and come for it. And yeah, look, fair play to him. Look, no one really knew anything about him. But did enough to suggest he can he can do some damage. Hundred percent. Harry says, "Phil, are you allowed to bet on darts?" Uh, yes, I am. Best thing in the world. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> nice little profit this week uh, for the first weekend of the Masters. That's all I'm gonna say. And <sighs> Sam, when, when you're at events, you find that especially in set play, who's won the ball first. There's some interesting markets because it tells us on the little screen who's won the ball before you go out on stage. Yeah. So, um, yes is the answer and yes, I do. Um, Lewis says the app <laughs> is also a good banner. Yeah, he is 100%. Um, markets as well. It's also quite interesting when you hear what darts people are using. You go, right, okay. <laughs> Yeah, Peter Wright's using a new stubby barrel with a 44mm point and a slim flight. (laughs) 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 Um, To be fair on that one. 
Yeah, uh, David Kirk says, we had a drink at the hotel last year at Q School with Tony O'Shea. Old school, great stories. Yeah, Tony O'Shea is a great bloke as well, actually. I've met him a couple of times. Very, very funny bloke. Very good sense of humour. To be fair, I haven't met, I, I don't think I've met a darts player. You guys probably know a bit better than I will. But I, no, I don't think I've met a darts player personally that, that you guys, that I've, I've really gone, bloody hell, he was a bit of a knob, or she was a bit of a knob. Off the hockey, at least. No, no, think, you know what? He's not a player anymore, but one of the nicest blokes I've ever met in darts is Colin Lloyd. Yeah. George. Such Brilliant. A, yeah. Unbelievable bloke. Yeah, 100%. Again, on that there, one. There, aren't many, there aren't many people in the world of darts, including managers, uh, referees, people like that, who... Once you get to know them and get their sense of humour, I think personally, my favourite person in the whole of darts, in my opinion, is is the Nopes. Just the best <laughs> sense of humour I've ever heard. The Nopes is just oh, Johnny Mann. Yeah, Johnny Mann has the ability to change, to change a miserable press room like that is super. The yeah, first time I met him at the match play, the same year I had that mental story. He, he saw, I was backstage with Kyle, we were in there the day before he was playing, um, showing me around, and he just walks up and goes, who the FNL is this to me? Just to say, what are you doing here? Like, where are you, Kyle Beer? And I had a bit of a, a different opinion on him than I have done over the last couple of times that we've been at events, because he just, he, he can't stand still. He just comes in, he's got the same six jokes, and he will bust them out about a million times over the weekend, and he will get the same reaction to every single one, and he, it won't deter him. He'll go again, and he's a bit of a try, but he's fantastic. He's very entertaining. But, yeah, I'm with you, John. Noble sense of humour is hilarious. Absolutely. The driest sense of humour ever. But, yeah, it's been, it's been a mad day for us all here on Online Darts. I think we're going to close the chat room now. I think we're going to, I think we're going to, I think we're going to head off because we've got, we've got, Unfortunately, everybody, we had a bit of a, a bit of a monster that really came. Um, it says uh, David Curtis says night out in Bristol post COVID. Lads, I'm buying the first round. Yeah, we're there straight away. As soon as Bristol get, as soon as Bristol Premier League, we're there definitely. Um, in all seriousness, one from Lewis here. Um, God, just about Emma, Emma Payton being a really good acquisition to the Sky Team. Hundred percent, she. Absolutely smashed it at the Worlds. We, we, we're very fortunate in our job that we get to talk to a few people from Sky, and we met one of the people from Sky, uh, a guy called Paul Prenderville. You might see him on Twitter, who is, again, one of the nicest blokes, fantastic journo as well, who, who, who runs their multi-sport team, and told us that Emma's first shift on the darts was last year do that and the way that she's anchored the darts was just outstanding and the way that she the way that she's thrown herself fully into the world of darts just incredible really um so yeah definitely emma deserves the full credit and she and, she, and she's brilliant and she's a fantastic anchor and a, and a very good human being actually really really nice person um definitely um but yeah pb i think that's just about it because we because we've, we've talked now for about muted yourself. I think you might need to mute and unmute. <laughs> Although you, your AirPods are gone, I'm not too sure. We've lost bars. It's not my technology. It's gone. 
All hell is breaking loose. This is incredible. Barzi, I think you might need to... Mate, on this one. I love a way to tell him to fix his... If not, right. If not, I'll... I'll... Has he gone? Is he there? He, 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 look at him. He's like, whenever anything goes wrong on this show, Barzi's face, you can always tell. Just very like, he doesn't have a clue what's going on, does he? He's like, he's like very confused when something Still, goes wrong. Look down and angry again, because you looked a bit like Matt Campbell then. And on that bombshell, I'll tell you what, Barzi, I'll take us out for this one. I'll take us out. Uh, Barzi, uh, right. Uh, so thanks very much, everybody. Thanks again for joining us here on the Live Lounge. Really do appreciate uh, you joining us. Uh, thank you again. Uh, we really appreciate it. We're back tomorrow, 11 o'clock on online.com on the blog. Make sure that you join us right there. Uh, we'll be there. Phil Barzi will join us for the live blog for the first start. And then we've got uh, myself and the guys uh, from two o'clock, Luke and uh, me and Phil joining you for two o'clock for Q School, where hopefully everything will be fixed. Really can't wait to join you. Thank you so, so much, everybody that's joined us throughout the day. Really can't appreciate it. Apart from, from Jack O'Bagar with Phil Barth and myself, Jonathan, thank you so much for the time. Take care. Enjoy it. We'll see you tomorrow for more from Q School. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 